0: Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us this week for the Sabbath School Commentary. I'm really happy to have you on board. This week's lesson is entitled Covenant Sign, and it's all about the Sabbath and how the Sabbath served as a sign between God and the Israelite people, and how it serves as a sign between God and us of the covenant of His grace that He has made with us. Sunday's lesson is entitled Origins and it asks the question when was the seventh day sabbath established or where from where does it originate and so the lesson takes us to Genesis chapter 2 and verses 2 and 3 so let's read that together this is what it says by the seventh day God completed his work which he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all of his work which he had done then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it He rested from all his work which God had created and made. And so, God blesses it because on it, he rested. Now, did God need to take a break? Because he was tired, like physically tired, like, wow, speaking those land animals into existence, wow, that was tough. I need to take a break. I'm out of breath. The Bible says that God neither sleeps nor slumbers indicating that god does not get tired in him is life he is the source of life and so all of the energy that empowers that powers creation it comes from god unlike us god is not dependent upon any source besides himself for energy and strength and so we derive our energy and strength from external sources our food gives us energy. We drink water that refreshes us. We sleep and our cells, they recuperate and recover. But, but God's different. He He does not take get energy from a food source. He is the energy source behind all of the energy in the universe. And so God's not resting because He's tired after He makes the world in six days. He's resting because there's nothing left to do. And the Bible says, that he finished his work, his works were complete. And when it says that the work of God was complete, it's complete. And so I I often like to talk about a human engineer, no matter how smart and brilliant and intelligent they are, if they design something, say automotive engineer, they design an engine, no matter how good of a job they did at at designing that engine, at some point, Others could come along and assess what they designed and improve upon the design. But who could do that with God's creation? He's finished. And when he says, it, it's finished. And so when God creates the world, the angels are celebrating and singing in song according to Job chapter 38, I think it's verse 7, and it's it's just a wonderful event and it's glorious and unbelievable and the infinite God of the universe with all of his wisdom and intelligence and brilliance is creating this amazing planet and when he's finished after he creates mankind he rests and he enjoys and he he rests in the perfect work of creation and this is all happening this is in the beginning this is in the very beginning so the seventh day sabbath is not an institution that was designed for a certain group of people or a select ethnicity or family or whoever The Sabbath has its origin at the very beginning in creation. Now, the seventh day which was blessed in the beginning is not called the Sabbath, but that doesn't mean that it's not the Sabbath. It looks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, and it's a duck. It's the day God rests and he blesses it to commemorate the perfect work of creation. That's Sabbath. That's Sabbath. And the fourth commandment in the 11th verse of Exodus chapter 20 says that in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything that's in it. And rested the seventh day, wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and hallowed it. And so there you have Moses writing down what God said from Mount Sinai when he was giving the Ten Commandments. And he's referring to that blessed day in the beginning as, in the beginning, the Sabbath. And so it's not, the seventh day did not become the Sabbath when God gave the Ten Commandments on Sinai. The seventh day was established as the Sabbath in Eden. Jesus in Mark chapter two in verse 27 and eight, and he he says, speaking to the Pharisaical leaders of his day who burdened the Sabbath with unnecessary laws and strictures. He says, guys, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the son of man is also the Lord of the Sabbath. In other words, the Sabbath was made to be a blessing to man, not a burden to man. And you people are making the Sabbath a burden and you're assuming that God just made man to fit into these very narrow strictures that you have created around the seventh-day Sabbath, which have made it a burden. But notice what he says, the Sabbath was made for man. The word that is translated there from the Greek, man, is the word anthropos, which is where we derive our word anthropology, which is the study of all men, all mankind, all people. So Jesus says it explicitly, the Sabbath was made for for mankind of course it was because it was made right after God it was it originates right after God makes the human race so it's made for the human race in resting on the seventh-day Sabbath the lesson points out that God is giving us an example and when we remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy we're following the example that God set in the Garden of Eden we're entering into the rest that he enjoyed we are with God saying, wow, it's finished. And we're commemorating the creative work of God. We're remembering where we came from. And that's important. We aren't biochemical accidents. or just We're not just the product of certain chemical processes that happened in the distant past that were unguided and undirected, but rather the products of random blind natural forces. Where you come, your understanding of where you come from has an effect on you and how you perceive yourself. And I believe that the idea that people evolved into existence from a material universe and behind that material universe there is no reason and there is no rhyme. We just arose by random natural processes. I think that has a negative effect on the human mind. Really if you take that logic to its conclusion, you're an accident. You're an accident. You're an accident. And you're driven by instinct and the desire to survive and nothing else. And everything that you think is beautiful is perception based upon some intrinsic need to survive. And that's it. You're a biological machine. Do you really choose? Do you really think do you are your thoughts really reasonable or logical if you're just the product of random natural forces what are you other than just a biological machine programmed with instinct you know what I'm saying and how can that do well for your psyche for your emotions and I'm just a machine a biological machine driven by instinct that has no purpose or no design it's not intended for anything we wonder I hear people talking about the youth of today and how they they're Either today, they act like animals. Teach people for 75 years that they're just animals and don't be surprised that they act like it. And your understanding of where you come from affects how you view yourself, your, the image you have of yourself. And the Sabbath reminds us that we are the children of God. We are sons and daughters of God and that we're beautiful and we're part of God's beautiful creation. And yes, we're sinful and selfish by nature. and We have a bent to sin, but we, we can't help the condition that we were born in We're we're born needing to be born again, and our hearts are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And the wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they're born, telling lies. This is all scriptural truth, yes. But yet we are children of God, and we were made originally in the image of God. And the Sabbath is a sign of that fact and a reminder of that's where we come from. That was our intended purpose, to be reflectors of the goodness and glory and majesty of the King of the universe. We are His children. And the Sabbath reminds us that we should act like it. That we should act like we're children of God, not accidents or you know, byproducts of evolution. Now, moving on to Monday's lesson, the lesson talks about Exodus chapter 16 and points out that this is an example of the seventh-day Sabbath before Sinai. So many people believe that the seventh-day Sabbath was inaugurated at, at the giving of the Ten Commandments and that it was just for the Jews. We've already established that it was for mankind according to Jesus. And that's inferred in the creation account where the Sabbath originates from. But in, in Exodus chapter 16, you even see more proof. The seventh-day Sabbath is an institution that pre-existed the, the Sinaitic covenant between God and the Israelite nation. And what's going on here is God's feeding people from the sky. It's very interesting. He's feeding people manna from the sky. And it manifests on the ground in the morning dew, and then it melts away not too long after the sun comes up. And God says, just collect enough for each day. But on the sixth day, collect enough for two days so that you'll have enough on the seventh day. And on the seventh day, don't collect any more. People ignore what God said, and they collect double throughout the course of the week, and then that just rots in their cupboards. They don't have cupboards, but in their storage units, whatever they were. And he finds certain individuals that are collecting manna on the Sabbath and God's unhappy. And in the passage cited by the lesson, verse 23, it's very clear that the seventh day was the holy Sabbath, and that the people ought to have been resting, and that it was a commemoration of creation. And this is really important for several reasons. Obviously, the obvious reason that the lesson is pointing out, because this is an indication that the seventh day Sabbath was, it was an institution, a moral institution of God, that existed before The Ten Commandments were given. But think about this. The Israelite nation were in bondage for 400 years, roughly. Now, they did not have the freedom to live out God's law in their life. Now, the law of God is an expression of the love of God. The Bible says it explicitly in Romans 13, love is the fulfilling of the law. Now, if love is the fulfilling of the law, is love in practical terms. So the keeping of the law is love. Like, love keeps the law. Love fulfills the law. Well, if love fulfills the law, then the law is an expression of love. The law is love in practical terms. You keep the law, that's loving in active terms, in practical ways. And so, the people of God could not keep His laws, especially the Sabbath, while they were in bondage in Sinai. But when they were freed, when they were delivered by God, their Savior, they were now able to live a life that was consistent with His laws with his love. So God begins the proclamation of the Ten Commandments with this preamble. It says, and God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God, which has brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And then he goes and quotes the commandments. So he's like, hey, listen, I've delivered you and now you're free. And and this is the lifestyle that you're going to live now in freedom. Freedom is not just doing whatever you want. Freedom is fulfilling the purpose of your design and you were designed in the image of God and the image and God is love and, and love is the fulfilling of the law. So here is love in practical terms. You get to live this now because you're not slaves anymore. And here you've got these Israelites who are collecting manna on the Sabbath. It's like they were still slaves, like they had to keep working seven days a week. They weren't willing to be free and the seventh day Sabbath is a part of God's moral law, which is his love expressed, right? And so they were not willing to live love, live the law of God, live in accordance with God, which would be really, truly living in freedom. And so the Seventh-day Sabbath speaks to liberation, mankind's liberation from slavery to tasks and to burdens and to works. And it's an opportunity to say, I'm no slave to my works, to anyone's works, to any corporation, to my career, to anything. I'm a child of God. I'm not a human doing, I'm a human being. I have an eight value and an eight worth and the Sabbath reminds me of that fact. And God says, I'm not obligated to any man on the Sabbath, any woman on the Sabbath. I'm free. I'm a free child of God and I can rest and enjoy God's perfect work on His holy, sanctified day. And if you're, this is awesome, powerful lesson. Now I'm going to summarize what Tuesday and Wednesday's lesson communicated and then I'm going to leave you guys with the rest of the lesson yourself. Now, guys, uh, that... When we make commentary on the lesson, we're just highlighting some interesting thoughts that we think are worth mentioning and just having a chat to you guys and spending time together, considering the the spiritual thoughts the lesson brings forward and adding some of our own thoughts. This is not an attempt to in any way be comprehensive or thorough in covering the lesson, but I just want to just make a few points from Tuesday and Wednesday's lesson and you'll perhaps talk about some of these, but probably not not from the angle that I'm coming from. But uh, the lesson points out that the Seventh-day Sabbath is a sign of the covenant that God made with the Israelite nation, that the covenant is ultimately a reflection of God's grace and God's goodness. And that it's also a sign that God sanctifies us. Now, some people think that the Sabbath was a sign between God and the Israelites and their covenant at Sinai because it was only for the Jews and would terminate once Messiah came. Once Jesus has come, he abolishes the Sinai covenant and therefore the sabbath is gone. But that's not found, that idea, that concept is found nowhere in the text of scripture. It's not taught. It's not advanced by the text of scripture. Well, what scripture more clearly shows us is that the seven-day sabbath is a sign of the covenant because, because the sabbath is a sign of salvation. God had just freed the people and now they can live, right, in accordance with the purpose of their design, in accordance with the way God had designed them. Uh, they couldn't do that before. And the Sabbath is a sign of salvation. And it gets really deep here, but I think you guys can follow me. So God finishes all of his work at creation. And then he rests on the Sabbath. So the Sabbath commemorates creation. The Creator came down to earth in the person of Jesus Christ. And when he was on the cross, he said, it's finished. So the Creator at the beginning creates the world. Nothing can be added to his creation. Nothing can be taken from it. He did it. It was as finished could be. And he rests the Sabbath. Jesus offers himself on the cross of Calvary, making atonement for the human race. And the atonement was not limited. It's an unlimited atonement, and it atones for every sin that every person has ever committed. Every human being, every person, every man, every woman, every child. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, according to Second Corinthians chapter 5. And according to Second Timothy 4, verses 4 and 6, he pays a ransom for all. And according to First Timothy 4 and verse 10, He's the Savior of all. Not in the sense that all will be saved, ultimately, but rather, He pays the redemption price for all. And that's why Jesus says, it's finished. The work is complete. I've done all that I was commanded to do by the Father. I have I've vindicated the character of God. I have overcome evil and sin and selfishness in my own life. And now, I'm going to atone for all of the sins of humanity. I'm on the cross I've received the weight of the world upon my shoulders. I've treaded the winepress of the wrath of of God Almighty. And now I'm offering my life as an offering on behalf of the human race to atone for the sins of humanity. And it's finished. It's finished. This is enough. This is what needed to be done. It's finished. And then he, he goes into the grave on the Sabbath. He rests on the Sabbath. So the work of redemption was accomplished by the Creator. It's a creative act. I call redemption is recreation of the human race, because God does away with the first version of humanity, humanity 1.0, in Adam, humanity as it was through the fall of Adam. And then humanity is resurrected in the person of Jesus Christ, humanity 2.0. And so redemption was the recreation of the human race. And so God creates the world, rests on the Sabbath. He recreates the world, humanity. And Rests on the Sabbath so therefore the Sabbath is a sign not just of the original creation But of the recreation of the human race or the salvation of the human race Which was typified in the saving of the Jewish nation and so it makes perfect sense that the Sabbath Would be a sign of that covenant because that covenant was I saved you like I saved you and really the Sabbath is all about in Resting it, originally it was about resting in what God had done and providing this amazing world for us and then to the Jews it becomes We're resting in God's saving us in the work of salvation, which he provided for us by delivering us from Egypt. And now we Christians keep the Sabbath as a sign of what Jesus Christ has done for us. We rest in his perfect work that he did for us. It's awesome. It's beautiful. And that's why the the Sabbath is a sign of of the covenant. It's more than that too, by the way. Wednesday's lesson brings out that it's a sign of sanctification. For those of you guys who don't know, it's the work of purification. It's the purification of our lives. It's our lives being made holy. Us growing in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, And the Sabbath is a sign that God sanctifies us. So God saved us in the person of His Son, and and God sanctifies us through the intercessory ministry of His Son and through the power of the Holy Spirit that is administered through Jesus. And yeah, look, the Seventh-day Sabbath is a sign that God makes us holy. We don't make ourselves holy. And yes, our will is required in the process of salvation. We have to follow. God forces His will upon no person, and if any man will come after Jesus, they must deny themselves, pick up their crosses, and follow Him. If you're not Following him, you're not following him, and he gives you the conditions upon which you must follow him. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow him. Follow him. Following him requires action. Believing on him requires ac- it's action. It's not just like I, I intellectually ascend to some ideas that I received from scripture, and I don't want to feel like I'm not going to live forever, so I'll just run around making verbal professions that I believe when you really don't believe. Of course, true belief manifests in action, and Choosing is not just a matter of like intellectually ascending. Yes, you deny yourself. You pick up your cross and you follow But that it has nothing to do with, you know, you don't make yourself holy You don't make yourself sanctified the power of the Spirit the power of God Works in us to will and to do of, our, of his good pleasure and the Sabbath is a sign of that fact and I think that's important for us all to remember God is the author and the finisher of our faith. And the Sabbath is a sign of that fact. So much more can be said, guys. We could talk for a long time, but I don't want to make this too much longer. And I just thank you so much for joining me. And and please just pray for your Sabbath school class, the Sabbath, for your Sabbath school leaders, for your Sabbath school teachers, and uh, for everyone who gets together this Sabbath to consider this really great lesson about the, the sign of the covenant, which is the seventh day Sabbath, the perpetual memorial of creation and recreation, which is a sign of the goodness and, 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 and beauty of the God that we serve. All the best to you guys as you worship God this coming Sabbath, and as you consider more deeply the Sabbath School lesson. God bless you, and we will see you, hopefully, next week.